everyone and welcome to this episode of Talking It Out About. Um, today I am joined by the lovely Louisa, so welcome to the podcast, Louisa. Well, thank you very much for having me, Zena. It's lovely to be here. Well, you are more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I hope you I hope you enjoy it, otherwise this could go horribly wrong right at the beginning. Well, that's it. That's <laughs> if, I need, if I need therapy afterwards, I'll send you the bill. Yeah, do, do, just send it across, <laughs> it's fine. Um, currently no one has, but you never know. Um, <laughs> so, um, Louisa, would you mind just starting us off with kind of how FND um, kind of relates to you if that makes does that make sense it's a bit yeah. early in the morning for my brain how yes. you and fnd have like a, a relationship uh, yes certainly um well i'm 48 at the moment um when i was 44 i was uh struck down with meningitis okay um and it presented itself in a very typical way which well i now know is typical but at the time i just thought what's going on um but yeah so i started with having flu and a cold that i couldn't shift yeah um so i just moved back to the uk i'd only moved back in the uk for about a year um so i was working hard to try and get myself back onto the career ladder and everything else so I was still going to work and thinking, right, I'll just push on through this because that's how I tackle things. I thought, I'd just push on through until one day I got to work and I couldn't move my neck, couldn't yeah. stand bright lights. Very typical. So off to hospital I went. Um, and yeah, and then they put me into um, intensive care for a month. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was at the beginning of September. Um, and then I sort of started getting back to normality at the end of mm. September that year. Yeah. Um, so my friends nicknamed me Green Day because they said, you know, wake me up when September ends. There she, she is. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So, Love yeah, it. That's, that's it yeah. <laughs> so lovely when your friends can find humour in everything. Um, so, yeah. So and then um, it took me probably six months to recover from the meningitis. Yeah. Uh, but I was still struggling a lot with, it was mainly fatigue. Mm. Um, and as time went on, the fatigue then became migraines. Yeah. Um, and then it became, um, you know, with body aches. And then it became cognitive issues. Yeah. Um, and so I went through, it took a, about three years um for me to actually get diagnosed with My fnd wow. yeah yeah um because i think they they got so focused on it being part of my recovery from meningitis that it was only when it had passed sort of the three-year mark that they thought well hang on this has been going on an awful long time Mm. Um, so then, uh, I started going to see a neurologist. Yeah. Um, and initially, oh, this is very frustrating. They just looked at the migraines and thought, well, that's, that's all we need to look at. Um, mm. and yeah, so I just got sort of, and then, oh, of course, then they took me down the psychological route. Yeah. Um, and yes, there, there was some sort of some traumatic events in my past. Sort of, I had a bad car accident when I was 17. Um, yeah, I had a mini stroke when I was living out in China. You lived out uh, in China. That's so cool. You lived out in China. Sorry. Very yes, yes. That's so cool. 
<laughs> I know it was one of those things I, after the car accident, I'd recovered, but um, due to all the operations and what have you, I wasn't able to finish university in the UK. Mm. So that really, really set my life back because, you know, that was all I was growing up to believe was you had to go to university yeah. to get a life. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I took some uh, courses um, doing, doing curriculum development and that kind of thing and educational courses mm. and moved out to China uh, in 2001, um, initially for a six month contract with a group of international schools and ended up staying 15 years. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yossi clearly really, really liked it then. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was going, it was going well. Yes, I liked it. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I'd moved back to the UK in uh, 2015. Hmm. Yeah, towards the end of 2015. Um, yeah, and, and got meningitis the year after. So, so that's that's just oh bless, like you've gone from that high of being in like China and and yeah. kind of all that stuff, and then you come back and you're immediately greeted with meningitis. You're like great, yeah. thanks. Yes, <laughs> great, fabulous. Thank you very much. <laughs> just and, what I wanted. <laughs> and then and then as I found out, you know, meningitis is the gift that keeps on giving. It, yeah, you know? it uh, here it can be. Yeah, yeah. So as they they just. They, they took me down the psychological route and I mean throughout the traumas that I'd had before my mental health was always a priority mm. so I'd always you know I, I, under, I underwent hypnotherapy to help with the PTSD from the car accident mm. which was brilliant if anybody is struggling with PTSD I highly recommend hypnotherapy could you, I, would you mind just sharing a bit more about that just for those who maybe sure. have no idea what that actually entails? Yeah, it's, it's amazing because I, I went through a lot of talking therapy and CBT and what have you, mm. but um, with the hypnotherapy, you, you're put under, uh, put into a hypnotic state yeah. and then you walk through the trauma, your particular trauma with your therapist. Okay. So it's not done in a way that's um, so confronting. So yeah. it's, it's, it feels very, it feels like you're, you're in a dream as you're walking through it. Okay. And then, so, uh, and then the, the therapist rewrites your memories for you. Oh, so wow. in my case, instead of being in a silver car, I was in a blue car. Instead of it being nighttime, it was during the day. Uh, instead of the car hitting us violently, it hit us, but I, you know, my injuries weren't as bad. Hmm. And during my hospital stay, I was able to recover quickly. Hmm. And so it's just re rewriting all of the traumas, all of the singular traumas that you, that you go through. Hmm. So that then, and then once, I mean, you, you have to have quite a few sessions hmm. for it to be imprinted. Yeah. But but what it means now is and it it started, I would say, about after about six months is that I was able to talk about my car accident and I was able to talk about my traumas with no emotional effect on me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it stopped the nightmares and it stopped. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I still get a little bit afraid when I'm going in a car, but I think that's just common sense. <laughs> yes. I mean, cars aren't exactly they're like beasts, aren't they? Like they are. Oh, they are, and also, they are. depending <laughs> who they're being driven by, it can be a very scary thing. Oh yeah, completely, and yeah, but I, I'm 
So I don't think, I think I've heard someone mentioned hypnotherapy to me like once. Mm. Um, but I didn't actually know what it kind of, the, the whole rewriting of the, the memories. Yeah. That, that's new knowledge to me. So that's, that's quite interesting. Like, Yeah. And as I, I say, it's... it was the most effective therapy mm. I had for my PTSD. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah and I did um after the meningitis I did actually go back and have some hypnotherapy mm. um to help me with my insomnia because mm. that was another another sort of side effect yeah that, that I had was that I just couldn't could not get to sleep yeah um so yeah so it wasn't it it wasn't great um so they, um, they, instead of just taking pills after pills after pills, I thought, no, I need, I need a long-term solution to yeah. this. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so the hypnotherapy, again, that helped with my insomnia. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so once I'd gone through all of the CBT and all of the psychotherapy that, um, and I got a clean bill of health, really, mm yeah um the, i went back to went back to my specialist at the hospital and he said hmm okay so i think we need to look at something else mm. so fine um and he referred me on to one of his colleagues um and his colleagues sent me for because at, by this stage not only did i have all the things that i had before but i'd also started passing out Mm. um probably three or four times a day and that's quite scary in itself isn't it you're like yep. terrifying like yeah. i'm hit i'm up right one minute and the next minute i am not yes sure. i'm and there's and there's no rousing me or anything else mm. um so yeah so it, it got really scary because there was one time I, I was crossing the road and i passed out oh my gosh yeah yeah mm. and wow. the other time i'd gone for a walk in my local park Mm. and passed out and I woke up and somebody had got the police there because I thought I, I was drunk oh passed out and I was like it was 11 in the morning I wish but you know <laughs> that might have been a better better way of going at this point <laughs> that's it that's 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 more of an understandable excuse than yeah. sorry my brain's gone a bit strange yeah so yeah so the the passing out they were that was increasing and I'd also started started having back spasms yeah and this this i started calling it firehead because okay. i had no other way of describing it it wasn't like a migraine yeah it started at the base of my head and then spread across my head from the back mm. um and it affected my vision and everything else and it was like i was um having the symptoms of meningitis over and over again mm. So, yeah, so he, um, once the, uh, the passing out episodes, uh, they just carried on and carried on. So he sent me over to do a study um, at Sheffield. Okay. Because in the wonderful county of Lincolnshire, where I live, uh, it's very beautiful, but it's very lovely, but they don't <laughs> have an FND treatment pathway. See that, so that's actually come up quite a lot. Is that actually it's a bit of a postcode lottery, yeah, in terms of where you are and what you can access. So I was speaking to someone on um, a podcast that will come out in a, um, a couple of weeks. Mm. And like it's just you just 
depending where you are depends what you can access and how much you can access so for some people they can get six weeks of talking therapies for example but then that's it um or they may not be able to get anything or they might be quite fortunate like I am and I've been able to access it for as long as I've needed it yeah and it and it's it's kind of that sort of it is a real like yeah roulette as to what you're going to get and how long you're going to be able to get it for that's it I mean the the most help that I've received was uh, my doctor referred me because I, I started having very significant cognitive decline mm. as well uh, in that um, like I've, I've got massive gaps in my memory mm. um, doing simple tasks like writing a shopping list or doing an online shop can stress my brain out yes. Yeah so much that yeah. I, I I just pass out more and more or oh, I get a migraine oh god um yeah so they they did some cognitive tests on me and I and it, it's taken me a long long time to sort of accept where I am now in terms yeah. of what my brain can do yes um you know, I look at the jobs I used to have. I look at what I what I used to be able to accomplish. Mm. Um, and now, you know, I used to love books. I used to read three or four books a week. Yeah. Now I struggle to follow from one page to the next. Mm. You know, what's what I can't follow storylines. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the 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 biggest help I've had was the team from the neuropsychology. Um, team which is um, they're based in um, a hospital in Lincoln Mm. um, and they were amazing Um, they helped with all areas of my life with regards to sort of planning um, with regards to um, they also got me back under a um, pain management team Mm. because you know I'm in pain every single day is that from is that sorry that wasn't the sentence let's try that one all over again um once again in english yeah once again in english not an alien that would be great um is that due to the fnd or is that due to the hangover from meningitis or is it unclear um or the the car accident is it or is it just a weird combination of everything yeah it's linked to the fnd um yeah because the the pain the bodily pain Hmm. That didn't start um, until, oh, a good three years after the meningitis. Hmm. And after the meningitis, I didn't have any bodily pain. It was, yeah, it was more sort of fatigue and things like that. So it's the FND just kind of having a riot and you're kind of just like, can you please stop? Can you please, yes. Is there is there something else you could do to be a little less annoying? <laughs> but... Could you find a different drum to hit other than my skull? That would be great. <laughs> so yeah, so it's 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 the bodily pain is is it's just there all the time. Mm-hmm. It's I um just to sort of mix things up and keep life interesting, it does go into spasms occasionally mm. um with my arms or my legs. Yeah. Um, and a few weeks ago, um, I started having these periods where I was locked into my body, mm. where I was absolutely paralysed, can't oh talk. Gosh. Yeah, can't talk. Um, I can only barely move my eyes. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, and and my body is just it, it's just locked. There's there's no other way to describe it. So yeah. I have no idea um, what that is. Um, as I say that only started about a month ago. That must be very scary for you. Oh yeah, all of it is just. Oh yeah, none of it's easy. But that that, that yeah. particular as it's a newer symptom. As it's new, like oh my goodness me. As it's yeah, that's it. And I, you know, luckily I've got an amazing partner. Mm. um martin um and he um gave up work and moved to lincoln to become my carer oh, wow. because yeah because he was so worried about me all the time because i'd had some instance instances where i'd passed out where i'd hit my head so bad that i had a couple of brain bleeds oh my gosh yeah so yeah so he was just his his life when he was at work was spent just worrying oh my god yeah. what is she going to do to herself today yeah you know is he going to hit her head or are we okay today <laughs> like what what is it what i'm doing today i know and then so we would we would facetime so we met um through an online dating site yeah i know i know i got one of the good ones <laughs> um <laughs> So, sorry, I didn't mean to sound smug then. No, you carry on. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so we met online during um, one of the lockdowns. Mm. So, which I think helped our relationship because we spent three weeks, the first three weeks of our relationship FaceTiming. Yeah. For, um, I mean, our first conversation was eight hours over FaceTime. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yeah, and during that, um, during that time, I'd, I'd sort of explained a bit about my illness, but he'd also been able to see my illness as well. Mm. He'd been able to to watch me pass out. He'd been able to watch me have spasms. Yeah, things like that. So he knew what was involved right from the right from the word go. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, for him being at work and then, you know, coming and we'd FaceTime in the evenings mm. and he'd see me with a black eye or various injuries and things like that. It was, yeah, he said, no, 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 I can't, I, you know, the worry, the worry that I've got, it's, it's sort of, it's stopping everything else. So, yeah. you know, it's, he, he moved over to Lincoln and became my carer. So yes, so I mean that's that's been amazing, and I really don't know what I'd do without him. Mm. You know, because I I can't go out on my own. Yeah, I'm, I'm an absolute liability. <laughs> you just than... like you you just like to kind of you know have a bit of a party, and maybe you shouldn't be partying. I know. Kind of make your own rules. It's fine. Oh, that's it. Yes, I've always well, my parents have always said that I was going to live life by my own rules anyway. So you're just looking um, up to that, you know, that that statement. Yes, yeah, yeah. They just didn't like, didn't envisage it this way. So. Well, I don't think anyone can envision it in the way that FND no. ends up going. Like, I don't think you could ever go. Oh yeah, like that's that's definitely how I'm going to yeah. to end up being. You you you. If you were able to put money on it, you you'd be like, whoa, like yeah, wow. it's I know. so different. It's it's like winning the lottery, but in a really really bad way. In just a really weird way. I yeah, think. it's because, like we went like, to we went to Rewind Festival, which is like an eighties music festival. And Martin's been going for eleven years. He loves it, and I'm a big eighties music fan as well. 
Mm. Um, and we've managed, um, because of my status, I'm now registered as disabled. Mm. Um, and, you know, so I, because I went through um, all the process to get PIP and everything yeah. else. And I know that there are horror stories out there. Mm. But um, me going through the process of getting PIP was probably the easiest process I've been through. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's really good to have that yeah. side because um someone who so there's gonna be a podcast that comes out um in a couple of weeks with a guy called Philip and he was saying that going through PIP was incredibly stressful and it took him a couple of years to get PIP. Um, really? and he had to fight and fight and fight. So it's really it's good to show that there there are yeah. I mean, I, it's not the same for everyone like some people can have a slightly I'm, I don't mean this I am doing air quotes easier yes. time of applying for PIP yeah yeah it's I good think that it's not all you know that's a, it and I think I, that's another reason why I wanted to do the podcast to sort of to, to sort of say to people that it's you know it, it is very it's a very different journey for everyone yeah um and yeah so from from the application through to um because i'd already had an assessment because they they put me on employment and support allowance hmm. and they'd class me as as the um sort of the needing support um group hmm. so i think that that helped and also that meant that i didn't have to keep getting sick notes from my doctor and things like that yeah. Um, and then, um, but the thing was, I, I never knew about PIP. Nobody had told me about PIP until okay. one of the, I'd had a falls alarm fitted in my home mm. because I was taking on the whole pensioner chic thing uh, <laughs> early. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, oh, I love that phrase. That's amazing. That. <laughs> Once again, just ahead of my time. That's, that's <laughs> That, 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 that's going in the episode description pensioner chic I love it. absolutely embracing pensioner chic from a very young age <laughs> oh, sorry I probably should laugh but that, I love the way you phrase that that's amazing well again it's like you've got to have a sense of humour about it you really do I mean you know I grew up with a nurse and a Royal Marine as parents so they oh, wow. a black dark sense of humour was written into me from a very young age so yeah. you know I yeah I I, I, I think oh. I like it pensioning <laughs> I like it right that's it that's that's going to be in the the description of this episode is pensioner chic pensioner yeah. chic for those that don't know get on board <laughs> embrace the chic <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it was it, and it was the one of the guys that came that was with the falls alarm team. Mm. He came over, um, I'd had a nasty fall and he'd come over and made sure that I was okay and put me back into bed and everything else. Mm. And he, he, he sort of just casually mentioned, you know, oh, you know, is anybody checking to make sure you're getting the right benefits? And I said, I assume I, I, I so yeah, so he, he mentioned Pip and I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. So yeah, so from applying to and again, I had my um, assessment um, done over the phone, mm. um, and I it, filling in the actual form 
um, that was probably the most difficult thing. That did take me a very, very long time. Mm. Um, A, because my brain and my hand, they don't, writing is something I really struggle with. Mm. And also just trying to list the ways in which my illness affects my everyday living. Yeah. Because there's no such thing as a typical day. No. And that's that was really hard. So it was, you know, out of a week, I might have um, one good day, mm. you know. Um, so it's, uh, but it felt as though I was being overdramatic. Yeah. To write everything as though it was a bad day. Yes. Because again, I just I wasn't comfortable, and I I I had trouble seeing myself through the lens of right this is all you're able to do now yeah I think that's that's the really hard bit I wanted to go back to actually you said um you met you said something and I was like oh interesting point need to come back to it and now I can't remember what it was (laughs) oh um oh god brain fog real right now Um, oh oh it was about um you said you were registered as disabled Mm. yeah I wanted to ask how you found that change to like being registered as disabled because that's quite a big thing yes yeah how did you kind of cope with that that shift over and that change and sort of like that change in like not identity but like how how the world how I how I see myself in the world yeah um I think by the time I'd um, I sort of got myself registered with various, you know, with the local authority mm. um, through the PIPs advisory service and everything else. Mm. Um, I think I'd sort of embraced and come to terms with the fact that this is how I am and who I am mm. for the next however many years because um I tried putting on a brave face keeping yeah. a stiff upper lip and being terribly British about the whole thing and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> love it yeah yeah and that got me absolutely nowhere and it just exhausted me yeah so I came to the realization that I needed to understand a more about this condition and b I needed to like who I was and, and the way my body was behaving yeah because if if you don't do either of those things every day, you're just going to make every day harder for yourself. It's just such a hard thing to do, isn't it? It is. Especially it is. like when you're new into it, you're mm. still learning, you might still be getting these symptoms come through. Yeah. And to sit down and be like, right, I guess this is me now. Yes. Such a hard, like, I found that incredibly difficult it, to do. It was so hard. I think um, because I'd, like, my life before, as I say, was, was quite adventurous. I'd, I'd had a big life, mm. you know. So in a way, that made it easier because I yeah. thought to myself, well, I've already done more in my first 40 years than most yeah. people will ever do. Yeah. So give yourself the time and give yourself the permission to be kind to yourself, mm. to take as, take as many steps back as you need to. Because sometimes it's not just a step back you need to take, it's 47, you know. 
or so, 147 yes. it can vary day to day it does vary on a day-to-day -day basis um so yeah so i giving myself permission to be kind to myself and mm. to recognize and see myself as i actually am yeah rather than who i was that was a big mind shift yeah but, but once i'd achieved it it did make things a whole lot easier mm um and again like uh, going going to uh the concert the um we applied for to go on the accessibility platform yeah you know which is something i'd never done i'd gone to loads of festivals and concerts before but i'd never done that before yeah um but it was it was wonderful and we made you know lifelong friends yeah being there because you know it was a little boat of us the yeah. you know and we would we were comparing pain medications and we were <laughs> <laughs> you're in the middle of a concert be like oh can you do this that's it. Yes. That? i want to know what you think about this <laughs> that's it that's it you know we would and one of the ladies um that i met she was oh she was wonderful so yeah, yeah. Um, I'm too old to be adopted by her, but I, I would, I'm still going to look into it. Um, <laughs> I'm still going to consider that as an option. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to my real mum. My real mum's <laughs> wonderful, but yes. Anyway, um, so she, she'd been, uh, she was um, an MS sufferer, mm. and again, there's a lot of, I think, the, a lot of the the symptoms for MS and FND do cross over. Yeah. Um, but. I think with FND, in a way, it's harder because there is no definitive test that you can do. Yeah. To to get there, it's uh, again MS is a you know it's a, um, a diagnosis by exclusion. Yeah. And FND is as well, but it just the exclusion just takes a whole lot longer, and it takes a whole lot more education as yeah. well it's so much more varied as well mm. like no no two people with fnd have the exact same set of symptoms of Absolutely. like you can you can have similar ones like it might be your walk is an issue like that yeah. that might be but it might be your walk is complete it might be the walk is the symptom yeah but it's completely different That's so you have the you have the umbrella of walking but actually it doesn't fit underneath because it's all slightly different like it might be a different leg that's affected or you know you might not have any feeling you might have some feeling you might just drag it like there's so much variability oh definitely. but it's such a pain in the bottom to try yeah. and diagnose yeah that's it that's it and that's that's another thing i um i had to take on board was um i now have to walk using a stick because okay. i need the support and and also it does help ease the pain a bit in my back yeah um but again when it, when i when it first started and uh, i i just i didn't want to use a stick at all because it, that took me back to you know my life after the car accident when yeah. i you know and i just thought no 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 this is completely different just mm. again be kind to yourself Mm. you you know if you keep fighting it, again if you keep if I kept fighting it I was I was only hurting myself yeah you know I was I was letting myself down because I wasn't doing the best thing for myself that I could mm. um so yes and I I actually just recently got myself a very snazzy 
I was about to say, please tell me you have a snazzy walking stick. I feel like you're the kind of person that would have a snazzy one that's like multicolored and sings and dances. Yes, well, I I got a, I've got a very nice gold walking stick. I've Lovely. got a very nice um, uh, what is it? I'll say it's sort of uh, black and white polka dot print. Wonderful. But I also just I upgraded to a crutch recently. I love I love that you say upgraded. Love it. <laughs> I upgraded. I fully upgraded. You know, it's fun. Totes, yeah, totes upgraded. Um, <laughs> And it's not only is it the most comfortable thing to use, hmm. um, it's also sparkly red. Oh, see? Definitely see? an upgrade. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. I love it. Yeah, and I'm just going to get a Go Faster stripe put on it, and then my life is complete. Do it. But, um, Do it. But yeah, it's, so it's, it's things like that sort of acknowledging that not only do I need to use these things, hmm. but again it's it's you know making it so that I'm comfortable with yeah. using it and, and finding things that still fit my personality yeah um and you know and don't sort of don't suffocate it you know yeah. any anymore so yeah so that's it's the the sea change has been um massive is an understatement mm -hmm. It's been um, it's been a, a nice dramatic twist and a turn. It certainly has. It certainly has. Yeah, but I I do think the previous life experiences that I've had um, have really helped um, me cope mentally and emotionally mm. with with what's gone on. Mm. Um, and yeah, and I think that's why you know I'm I'm very lucky in that. I have those tool. I have the tools already in my tool in my emotional toolbox. Yeah. Um, and to be able to use them. Yeah. Um, whereas I think it's it's a lot harder for people who have um, who are struggling to come to terms with it mm. because this is this might be the first time they're having to battle something like this. Yeah. And and I think that's that's when it becomes a much harder battle. Um, yeah, it just becomes a battle that seems to be happening uphill, doesn't it? That's it. That's it. Like, yeah. You, you, you can have a battle that's on flat ground because you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of roughly know what's going on. But when that's you start battling it. uphill, you're like, this is just exhausting. This is just exhausting. Yeah. 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 So I, I think for me, it was, um, I was able to sort of avoid um, going on antidepressants, which is a very common thing. Mm. that they that they do um mm. because well, again it's the, cannot... the, the, yeah the, sorry the, sorry that was like half a sentence as you were talking for goodness <laughs> sake um i guess it's the sudden change isn't it mm. if you've gone from fighting fit almost to being in a wheelchair and that that's regardless of whether you have fnd ms or any other condition that's yeah. such a big change yeah you're going to take a bit of time to kind of emotionally react to that yeah and like come around to the idea that actually this is what's happening for me right now um it's so i was never given any medication at all so yeah. i've never been medicated um but i've spoken to lots of people that like you said like have been put on antidepressants or anti-anxiety mm -hmm. or lots of other things um as a result of it and i think it's a bit of like like we were saying with the postcode lottery it seems to be a bit of a like a hit and miss yes sort of system so 
if there are people out there that are going, oh, I've, I've not been given anything, mm. it doesn't mean they've yeah it doesn't given, it doesn't, it doesn't mean, mean that, it's wrong that's it and it, it also it doesn't mean that your illness isn't presenting itself in the yeah. right way you yeah know, it just it, means it just that, means that you're living unfortunately in an area where there's zero education yeah. <laughs> we're all just <laughs> scrambling around in the dark <laughs> we are we are yeah. and you know i i um spent a lot of my weekend um last weekend at the festival explaining to people what fnd was yeah you know because they'd they'd never heard of it so how so, did how did you explain it to them would you mind sharing no not at all i i did say that it was um everybody's journey is different with it mm. but i i sort of explained it in my terms yeah in that it's um a nerve illness Okay. And I said, I, I use the computer analogy yeah. of where, you know, my brain's the hardware, but mm -hmm. the software I've got, they don't talk to each other. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so my, my brain can send a message, but how it gets um, relayed to, so, to another part of the body doesn't always compute. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, so it's Quite, a, That seems to be like the go-to explanation for it. Yeah, because um, I think it's everyone, mo well, mo the, the vast majority of people understand how roughly what a computer is and like that there's hardware and there's software. So therefore, it's quite a good way of yeah. describing it. I, however, tend, I describe it as, and this sounds really strange, you know, um, like way, way, way back, in, they used to have like when you used to phone, there'd be all those women sat in that room with all the cables and they plug. Yes, that's how I describe it. So yeah, I'm like, that, so they pulled the cable that, out and they put it into the wrong hole, and now I'm completely confused as to what what's meant yeah, to be happening. Like, that's it. and now you're dialing Oslo and you've got no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, why am I talking to them? <laughs> why talk to them? I need to go this way, and that's how I flip yes. between the two mm. sort of things. And depending on what state I'm in, because I also have the dissociation and stuff, will depend on the description that's gets given out to people that've never met me. So my yeah. husband will change how he describes it to people depending yeah. on the state I'm in. Um, yeah. And that, that also gets confusing because you're like, I've now got like five different descriptions mm. of what it is. And I'm like, I just need to like streamline it down. But it's so complicated and it's so complex and interwoven. It you is. kind of, you, you can't really pull one thread and it will unravel. You pull one thread and then another one disappears and then another one pops out and you're like, I don't know what's happening. I know, because it's, it, and also sort of describing it to people, you don't want to um, describe it too much, but you mm. also then don't want to underplay it either. Yeah, it's a really hard balance to get. It's, it? it is, it is. Um, yeah, because it was, it was quite interesting, because I said with my passing out, mm. um, it usually happens with a pain spike. It's like my, my body's sort of protecting itself. Yeah. And it just gets overwhelmed and it goes, right, and sleep. Yeah. So... And... <laughs> like, I did a really cool hand gesture there. Not that you, anyone... Yeah, so did I. I did a really cool and... hand gesture for that. <laughs> that is the only issue with doing your only voice. No one can see my cool hand gestures. No one... I'm, like, gesturing left, right and centre and no one can see them. They're going to waste. Oh. But, but it is like, it's like I said to you when we, when we first started talking, I said, I have got a face for radio. So this works out fine for me. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with it just being voice, but you guys are missing treats of some wonderful hand gestures happening. 
like there are things happening all over the place right now <laughs> yes yeah there's things going on that people will never see the genius <laughs> that people will never see I'm, I'm just an artist in the background <laughs> that's it that's it a, a, a mime a performance artist exactly exactly <laughs> i'm just channeling my inner artist anyway um but yeah it's, i think it's like it's just it's such a big change mm. and yeah. it's it's i know that when like i know when i first diagnosed like i've, I've said that i think i've said this like quite a lot is i did feel shame i felt so much shame when i first got diagnosed because like i've broken myself yeah and i felt so guilty about the fact that i'd done it to myself and it wasn't like i'd broken a bone yeah but it was my brain breaking and i felt so much shame and guilt over the fact that it was my brain that had broken yeah it was such a hard thing to overcome did you feel anything similar um i think because they sort of tracked my um the cause of it back to the meningitis mm. i think in a way that made it easier yeah because there was something to blame yeah there was a, a, a root cause so i could look at something in my past and go aha that was what has caused this yes so i i think in terms of um sort of accepting blame um i i think i i was able to um i sort of let myself off lightly yeah. with that um and i think again this is why it's, it's such a different journey for everybody because if you if it comes through a trauma Mm. then I think that must be a lot harder in my mind that must be a lot harder to accept yeah it, it's it's not it's not pleasant because you're dealing with the fact that you've got the trauma and then you've got yeah. everything else that FND is yeah trying to juggle both is oh. is quite difficult and I think yeah. that, that's what I found is that I think when I first got told I felt that initial shame that initial guilt and like what have I mm -hmm. done um, yeah. And I took it very, very hard. I, I, I shut off from like the world for like a while. I didn't want to speak to anyone. Everyone was like, "Well, what was the what did you what were you told?" And I just turned my phone off and ignored everyone. Yeah. Um. And I don't think at that point I'd considered that it was because of trauma, because mm. I kind of squashed, I yeah. repressed the memories enough that I was like, "No, I've just done this to myself." Yes. Yeah. Although I hadn't. That was yeah. where I went. And then when you start going through like talking therapy and they're like, oh, well, you know, it can be a result of trauma. You go, oh, uh, well, I still feel guilty and I still feel shame. But now I'm dealing with the guilt and the shame of the trauma. And it yeah. becomes so complicated and so big. You're like, I don't know which way to turn. I know. It, it all becomes so intertwined that, that you sort of you lose yourself in the process of, yeah. of coming to terms with it. Yeah, but I'm so it's bringing to mind another um, exercise that um, I did with my hypnotherapist. Okay. Um, and again, this this might this might help you if you're able to find a hypnotherapist that that does this kind of therapy. Mm. Um, is that um, whilst you're uh, in a hypnotic state, you're sitting around a campfire and mm. you're having conversations either with certain people in your past that you need to confront things with mm. or with certain events so okay. you can you can have a conversation with your trauma oh. and yes and you can say things to it like i'm not going to be beholden to you anymore i'm stronger than you you will not break me oh that gave and, me goosebumps that did yeah 
yeah and and again it just gives you that power back yeah which i think is so important because the when you're dealing with something like this you cannot feel helpless mm-hmm. otherwise it, your life just becomes so much harder yeah so i think as i say i, I do that's why i, I praise hypnotherapy through the roof i mm-hmm. really do because it's it has helped me in so many ways yeah. um but yeah but being able to have that conversation with my trauma um and that must have been sorry that must have been very strange but very helpful all at the same time like I'm trying to picture how that would happen um because because you're in a hypnotic state it you you still feel very safe oh okay and very comfortable right and and whereas I think if you were doing that during a talking therapy or sort of during EMDR or something I think it would be very overwhelming and and you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to give yourself over to the process Mm. because you'd be worried about the trauma hurting you again which is a very normal reaction yeah um so yes I think with it being done under a hypnosis you've got the 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 blanket of safety around you of Mm. this feels like a, a something that's happening in a dream yeah so you have that safety and then when you when you come round you remember that you've done it mm. but it, it's not confronting and it's not scary anymore yeah it takes it like you said earlier it like takes the power yes yeah that, yeah I think, I think that's the that's the thing isn't it and it depends on because i think that's quite a hard thing to do it's hard to talk about trauma anyway mm. um and it's hard to kind of bring those feelings back up and to try and like even in normal yeah. talking therapy, go back through whatever it might be that's that is that trauma. But then to to be like, right, I'm going to confront it in a hypnotic state. You're like, whoa, that's like that feels like a huge yes. leap, and you're like, ah, oh my uh, god, this is so scary. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I tell you, it, it works so well, and it's mm. and it's a kinder way to do it. Yeah, it's kinder to yourself. It's kinder to your brain. It's kinder to your emotions. Yeah. And it's something um, my hypnotherapist, they, they've also, they gave me um, a lot of sort of self-hypnosis um, mm. things, that exercises that I could do. Yeah. And I, I still use them to this day, mm. you know. So, again, it's, it's having, having the right tools in your toolbox. Yeah. You and know. I, I think, actually, thinking about it, my talking man gave me a CD at one point. Mm. of like not it wasn't like hitting but it was that kind it was going that kind of way um and I found it actually made me think more about the trauma yeah than yeah. anything so it freaked me out more yes than it did anything else you I see, think that's that's not that's not a helpful way to go um so it, it wasn't it wasn't like an actual hidden that but it was like um a recording and you listened and you like followed us i think it was a story yeah i can't actually remember um but he like it it does work for some people um because it's what they need i think for me at the time it just wasn't quite it i wasn't far enough through to feel like i could like it was safe to do so if that makes sense yes yeah yeah yes yeah no you you've got to be able to feel safe enough to know yeah. that what you're confronting isn't going to affect you yeah 
you know, you, you do need that safety. Otherwise, it's like turning up to a gunfight with a water pistol, you know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to really work out very well. It's not, yeah, you're, you're not going to come out better from that, are you? Um, unfortunately, probably not. Um, <laughs> and even if you're a really good shot, it still may not do it for you. That's it. Um, <laughs> you just end up with a soggy mess. Yeah. yeah just, just, no, no. <laughs> but I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like, it's it's completely individual yeah and it completely depends on your own set of circumstances experiences trauma no trauma history yeah. like every your opinion your view like it completely varies that's and it. you've just got to kind of work out what you need in your toolbox for you so for you you have yeah. therapy in your toolbox but for like me i've never tried it so it's not in my toolbox yes yeah that kind of like well maybe i actually now need to go and consider it as an option yeah but then equally i'm not going to get upset and mad i mean i might but i'll try not to if it doesn't work for me and and also and and don't don't get angry or disappointed in yourself that you haven't thought of it before yeah because that's i mean guilt is is a thing that is so easy to lay upon our own shoulders but we can't allow that to happen Mm. because we need all of our energy and we need all of our emotional strength just mainly to get through each day sometimes yeah just to get out of bed at points just gonna put that out there just to get out of bed just to get out of bed you know so adding unnecessary guilt into your life is just it it's really not not going to help at all no but sometimes it's incredibly hard Oh, it is. To, it to is not so add hard. it in. But I think that's why it's important to do these, to do something like this with the, with your podcast, because there might be somebody listening that goes, that sounds a bit like me. That sounds yeah. like a bit, a bit like my journey. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, but it might. But again, it might not be something that they've ever thought about, mm. you know. So I think it's, it's important, A, to educate people and B, so that people realise they're not on their own. Yeah, complete. And like, I always learn so much from every podcast I do because obviously I talk to so many different people mm. that I get, so, I hear so many different stories. And it's really quite, um, it's like eye opening for me. And I feel very fortunate to be in the position where I'm able to do it yeah. and have these conversations with people and spread that kind of, you're not on your own. Yeah. Like, there are people out here that have similar symptoms to you. No one might have exactly the same set in exactly the same way, but there are people that have elements that are the same. Yes, And we definitely. all still feel the, we might all still feel the shame, the guilt, the, the frustration, the grief, the sadness, the happiness. We are all there feeling it. Yeah. We feel it in different ways. And, like, I never considered the grief as being part of it. Mm. until a couple of podcasts ago like I've never really considered it as a thing yeah and now every podcast since it has come up yeah I'm like why have I not thought of that because that makes complete sense yeah it is and that's that's that was definitely part of my journey is grieving for the life that I thought I should have had yeah you know and realizing that that's not going to happen anymore yeah. But but then again, in some ways, my life is so much better now than yeah. it probably would have been. So it is it's it's you know, it's a whole sliding doors thing. Yeah. But but you know, you you've really got to be able to forgive yourself and be kind to yourself. 
Mm. Um, because, yeah, I mean, we're all members of a club that we never wanted to join. <laughs> But that doesn't mean we can't. But that doesn't mean we can't have fun while we're here. I think that's the other thing that's really come through when I speak to people is that sense of humour is so powerful. It and is. And I've I've commented on it before in terms of like on my on my Facebook, and I'm like, I know it seems weird that I'm making a joke, but it's the way I can I can yeah. make it through. Actually. To be able to laugh and go, oh, for goodness sake, my brain's having a party. I don't know what's going on. Like, I can laugh about it because it's the way I can kind of make yes. FND my friend. If I yeah. get angry at it, I'm at war with it. I'd yeah. much rather make it my friend and kind of be like, oh, you plonker. Why did you do to do that at that moment? Why couldn't you wait till I was at the top of the stairs before you did that or whatever? Yeah. Yes, um, and also, and also it, it takes the, takes the power out of it as well. Yeah. You know, I would say I'm, I'm putting the fun into functional neurological disorder. Oh, um, oh definitely. <laughs> definitely. Even when I pass out, um, my partner and I, we, we, we refer to them as the wankies. <laughs> like, oh, she's just had another wanky. It's all right. She'll come around in a minute. Oh, I see. I call my non-epileptic seizures, um, I'm dead fishing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just fishing. I'm just, I'm just a fish out of water for a minute. I'll be fine. I'm just having a bit of a fish moment. But yeah. people, I think it's really hard when people who don't have it, yeah, hear you make those sorts of jokes. I'm like, oh my god, like what are you? No, and you're like, no, no it's okay. Like, yeah, it is okay for me to say this. I find it hard when people I don't know very well do it to me. Yeah, like. I'm like, not, no, 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 that's my joke. Yeah, I'm not quite as comfortable with, like, I don't mind, say, calling, like, myself wonky. I'm mm. okay with that. But when other people I don't know kind of do it, I'm like, mm. now yeah. I feel like you're laughing at me, not with me. Like, exactly. I want to be in control of how, I, how I'm how i putting myself out there. And by you calling me wonky, I'm kind of like, mm, not yeah. sure I'm fully okay with that. Like, it might be meant in jest, yeah. but it just kind of, like, eee. But but isn't it funny how we become we we become protective of yeah. a thing that's that's kind of decimated us in a way. Yes. But we, we are we'd like no 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 you can't you can't I'm the only one that can beat up my illness not you. Yeah this this so. is mine don't touch it. <laughs> yeah, don't don't comment it's my my little thing please leave yeah. it. Alone. <laughs> but then I think it's just the way that we cope isn't it? Oh, it's it is. not. It's not meant in any sort of negative way. It's not meant that people can't make jokes. I think it's just maybe for those people who don't have F&D but have friends or family or whoever in their life that do and they hear them making these jokes, maybe just check and gauge yeah. the reaction they give when you say something like, you know, oh, you're, why are you being monkey? Like, just gauge it, look at their face and kind of go, oh, maybe they're Ooh. not quite okay with that right now. Yeah. Um, and just kind of be that, like, be a nice human and just check yeah like, that's, that's all and if they're that's fine with it, it they'll tell you and if they're not then maybe they'll find it really awkward and kind of awkwardly laugh it off and maybe that's just your sign to kind of leave that one alone for a while yeah i mean um, that's that problem for me never really rears its head because unfortunately along with you know the fnd lockdown and various other things um a lot of my friends just kind of scattered to the mm. wind because I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, because I could I I couldn't make definite plans and keep them. Yeah. Because I, you know, I couldn't respond to messages and texts within a timely manner. 
Mm. I think it, I just became and I felt a bit of a burden. Mm. Um, and then again, it's it's something else that that this illness has robbed me of. Yeah. But on the other hand, I'm in a way I'm grateful because it's sort of it sifted out the wheat from the chaff. Yeah. You know, and and my dad always imprinted in me what he calls a a, a wanker radar. So I can always I can always tell when I'm in the vicinity of some mm. and I, I just can then avoid them. You yeah. know, and, and I think it's I've been able to see the the goodness and the quality of people a lot easier than I used to. Mm. Um so yeah, so if you're if you're lucky enough to be in my band, then you know, it's it's because I I want you near me and I mm. and I s I can we can give and take something from each other. Yeah. You know. So yeah, yeah. So it's it's sad, but you know, that's that's the way it goes, unfortunately. I also find that I don't know whether this is something you've you've experienced, is that there tends to be like a certain so when you first tell someone that mm. you have FND or you have mm. whatever it might be, I find there are certain groups of people. So you get the people that suddenly become really protective of you mm-hmm. and kind of really like zero in on it and like really aware of every single little thing that you do and it becomes super protective yeah the people that kind of go oh that's more than i bargained for and will kind of disappear completely yeah and then you get the people that are like oh okay and when you're bad they reappear yes when you're good they disappear yeah Yeah. and you're like what what is happening like what it's it's very very strange mm. yeah i did i i did have one friend who was you know super overprotective mm. and then um she won i asked if she could be um my person that the falls alarm people ring yeah you know in times in times of need Hmm. And she said, yeah, 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 no, anything, anything, anything I can do, anything, anything I can do. Hmm. Um, And then after a couple of weeks of it, that became too much. Yeah. And she had to, you know, take a step back. And and then I felt guilty for putting her in that position. And I thought, well, hang on a minute. No, no, no. If she wasn't aware of, you know, of, of what was needed... You know, and I did explain to her that, you know, she could be called twice a day sometimes, you know. But, yeah, so that was that was very tricky. And and again, I think it's in some ways you've got to separate your illness from your friends. Yeah. Because some friends are not meant to be around your illness. Mm. They're, you know, they're they're there for, you know little quick hi how are you doing yep very superficial sort of Mm. friendships um and we all have them Mm. and you know it's it's just how the world goes around sometimes yeah um but yeah you've you've got to be very careful who you let in because being disappointed and being let down by people hurts so much more when you're when you're battling with this thing as well yeah and I think it's it's one of those things of like everyone has different things going on in their life and we never really know what's happening for someone else behind a closed door and that's completely fine 
Yeah. And it's not um like it's not a having a go, it's not a judgment, it's just a it's okay if you can't deal with it. Yeah. Like, I'd just much rather know. Yes. That's all. If you can't it's, deal with that's that's fine. I'm okay with that. That if it's too much, I understand it's a lot. It's a lot yeah. for me. It's a lot for you. Absolutely, that is fine. Like we will just be those people that say hi in the street sort of thing. That is fine. That I is think fine. It, I think it's what like you said, like the disappointment that you can feel. Yes. Of like, oh, but they were my friend and now like because yeah. I'm good, then they're not talking to me or whatever it might be. That can be yes. quite hard. Yeah, yeah, it, it can be very hard. And also I I I don't know about other people, but I I feel like um the time and this makes me sound super precious and please <laughs> please do not judge me for this. Well okay. you can judge me a little bit, but just be kind. Um <laughs> is that the time that I give to people is very precious because there's only a limited amount of time my brain and everything else gives me Mm. to interact with people on any given day or during any given week, you know. So if I'm going to devote that time to you, you've got to realise you're special, you know, because I'm giving my time to you, you know. And again, the same, it makes me sound awfully pretentious and big-headed but but that's sort of how I feel and I I think that's fine if that's it is a we are constantly juggling so many balls that are on fire or have to go on water like you do have to prioritize and you do have to shift and I think I I get it like it's not um it's not you being big-headed I think it's just you understanding that actually you've only got so much brain space Mm -hmm. and therefore you have to just shift and adapt where that yeah. brain space can go to um and that and that's okay that's not a bad thing that's just you being aware of where you are and what you need and how you can function yeah um, yeah so yeah well just to finish up what would be your kind of your best bit of advice or your best tip for someone with fnd who's maybe newly diagnosed or is still finding things difficult or just generally what would be your like best tip I think the best advice I can give is be kind to yourself. Yeah. Find out as much information as you can because the not knowing is is more is is more dangerous than mm. than the knowledge actually is. So yeah. yeah, so find out as much as you can and find a a pathway that suits you and suits your personality. Don't try and fit a square peg into a round hole yeah if if a treatment or anything doesn't feel right to you then don't go through with it Mm -hmm. you know but yeah just be kind it's it's a it's it's the simplest two words to say but just be kind to yourself cut yourself some slack yes yeah be as kind to yourself as you would be to anybody else that's going through it yeah I think that's a lovely way to end that podcast so thank you so much for coming no thank you I feel very special that you've come on and shared your brain space with me. Like, thank you so much. Um, And I hope I wasn't as scary as me. No, it's been lovely. It's been lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thanks very much for listening, guys. Um, Stay tuned for the next episode. We'll see you soon.